In this reading we've just heard, Paul writes this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Now here's the thing, the interesting thing. This passage is about encouraging one another, but the source and foundation of our encouragement is to ensure that we are worshipping together. The best way in which we can encourage one another in life is to make sure that we all grow stronger in God's family at St Andrews and that we grow stronger together as a people of praise and worship. The worship of God within the context of a Christian church family is foundational to knowing happiness and fulfilment in our lives. So as we think about this idea, let's start by thinking about what we actually mean by the idea of worship. And there's three things I want to say about this. Firstly, worship engages us with the word of God in the Bible. In Colossians 3.16, Paul writes this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And Paul uses this interesting word, dwell. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And that implies a deep rootedness in our lives. Uh, In normal times, I can visit you in your home, but I don't dwell in your home. I dwell in my home. Uh, My home, where I dwell, is where I go to relax and get some rest. The place uh, where I can chill out with my family and uh, perhaps recuperate after a tough day at work. And there's something important about the idea of God's word dwelling in us. Because in all the storms and the chaos and the confusions of life, we can return to God's word every single day and find our rest and relaxation there and recuperate with God as he speaks gently to us through the Bible and also be challenged and healed as we grapple with God's word to us. But there's just one more interesting point to note from this phrase, uh, let the God, let the word of God dwell in you richly. In the original Greek, the word you is in the plural, not the singular. So what Paul is saying is this, that it's not just us as individuals that need to dwell in the word, soaking ourselves in the scriptures, but that this is a corporate activity for us to focus on as a church family together. As the body of Christ, we together are to dwell richly in the word of God. Together, we are to study the Bible, be shaped by the Bible, and allow the Bible to transform how we are as a church and how we develop our mission, our ministry, and our worship together. Letting the Word of God dwell richly is a community act. It's not just something that we do as individuals. So what does this actually look like in practice? Well, that leads on to the next point. Our worship engages both the mind and the emotions. In verse 16, Paul says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. So as we come to worship, we want to be engaged in both our mind and our emotions. Firstly, our minds teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. The church is a learning community. All of us are learning together. 
So we need to explore together the teachings of the Christian faith so that we can find our way on our spiritual journey. But worship is not all about the mind. It should engage the emotions as well. As Paul says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to God. Our worship of God comes from our hearts as we reflect on what God has done for us, what Jesus has done for us, and the forgiveness and new life that we've received through Jesus' death on the cross. As we come together to worship, we reflect on God's amazing love for us and our hearts are warmed as we meet together in the presence of God. And as he also says in this verse, um, our worship is to God. God is our audience when we worship. It's not one another. It doesn't matter if we have a good singing voice or a bad singing voice. Uh, It doesn't matter if we feel worthy or unworthy when we receive communion. We only have an audience of one when we worship. And that one is God. And God is always pleased with your worship. And thirdly, our worship impacts how we live throughout the week. In verse 17, Paul writes this, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our whole life, every aspect of our life, should be an act of worship. And all our behaviours, all our relationships, all our responses should aim to be an act of worship to God. When we're at work, we offer our work as an act of worship to God. Um, When we're cooking dinner, we offer our cooking as an act of worship to God. Uh, When we're looking after the kids, We offer our love and our care as an act of worship to God. Everything we do is an act of worship to God. But it's not easy to do that, of course. And we do need um, the encouragement of one another to live for God throughout the week. And that's why Paul puts this teaching into the context of encouraging uh, one another. We simply cannot live out the Christian life on our own. We need one another. We need the encouragement of one another so that we can deepen our walk with God. So this passage from Colossians 3 verses 16 and 17 is a really important one for us to hold on to because it stresses our codependence on one another and our need to encourage one another. So let's do all we can to encourage one another in the faith. Well, how do we do that? We do it by encouraging one another to come together for corporate worship, whether online or in the building, and encouraging one another to live out our lives as acts of worship. The Christian faith is a community faith. Let's be sure to encourage one another as we walk together with God and with gratitude in our hearts, thank him for all that he has given us through the sacrificial life and death of his son, Jesus Christ.